You're listening to the Unreasonable Fridays Podcast Network. Go ahead, stand up, stand up, stand up. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Ad Space. I'm your host, Aaron Rand Freeman, but with me, the actual host of the program, the owner, proprietor, CFO, CEO, head of HR, lead designer, head therapist, lead custodian, and public relations lead, Elise Bacon Bacon. I, I'm really glad I lost some jobs. Um, we're having a little bit of um turnover um here at corporate so what's happening is we're kind of rolling positions into other positions so you'll find that the lead custodian and public relations job are kind of one and the same where you're kind of tasked with dealing with the outward public image of unreasonable fridays while being responsible for um cleaning up the general um area and offices of unreasonable fridays um however i'm However, I'm still a cat wrangler, but that seems to be more of a volunteer role now. Well, that is part of the custodial duties. We have a proliferation of pancakes and stray cats on the property. And um, for the most part, all the employees are very clean, but there is a proliferation of pancakes and stray cats. So we just generally... And then the official cat. Well, the official cat is an employee, so it's not... That's true. That's not, Dynamite has her own office. That's not my business. I'm talking about the stray cats, which might have some connection to the cat. We pay several hundred thousand dollars a year to be a cat. Um, we actually, she's not that expensive. Yeah, the cat's expensive, but she's not that expensive. Have you looked at Dynamite? Oh, also, true. right. Anywho. <laughs> so that's what's happening here. So your job titles might rotate, but... At the end of the day, um, they're still all very present and necessary. And speaking of present and necessary, the linchpin of the show, uh, Justin's here. Who is playing as himself. Playing as himself. Just now. I'm actually here of my own volition this time. I am playing myself, the guest star, uh, also starring, and happy to be here. Happy to be here. Did I get that? Did I get that right? Okay, the men, the 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 men in the Hello Kitty mask say that I'm allowed to eat dinner because I I, I fulfilled my duties. Good one, good stuff, today. Justin. That's I thought it. they would wear Moogle masks by now. Oh, you know what? It is the, the Moogle event. It's the Moogle Tones event. So it is time for them to swap out the mask. And they gotta swap out the ones. mask. They also have to earn that sweet jacket. Yo, that jacket is fire. I'm already, I'm already halfway there. Like yeah. I really, I just need maybe two dedicated days of rival wings to get there. I am also halfway there. I just what I what I need to do is I need to do my level thirty. I need to do all my class quests on Marauder so I can unlock warriors so that I don't have to level war, warrior to fifty through any means that of real effort at all. Because the you idea know? of taking a job from 1 to 50 makes me want to cry. I might pick up another class just so I can I can utilize this XP that I'm getting. But I don't I don't know what other classes I want. Like, I'm happy with the four that I have. I might pick up maybe Machinist because gun it, and robot. It is fun. The flips are fun. 
And if you and honestly, that's a class you can start playing at level 50 and like the rotation makes sense. Like you don't like leveling leveling machinist was really horrible up until like I finally got abilities and then I was like, okay, this is fine. So okay. it wasn't it wasn't that bad. So like it, it's also a class that it's also one of the classes where I'm like, if you've already played and you understand and you just want to do a level level skip, I could recommend that one. The rotation is not hard. It's actually really simple and it's extremely static. I'll look at another DPS class because I wouldn't I wouldn't do monk right now because monk is getting another rework. So I would do monk because the monk story interests me. No, no, the monks. Okay, so the monk story is half terrible and half great. Ah, okay. But I wouldn't do it because monk is getting another change that's going to change its opener. Oh, okay. So actually, so taking the time to learn monk a month before Endwalker is pointless because it's going I'm, to change. I'm saying this as a person who leveled monk <laughs> and then in at the end of Stormblood and then did Shadowbringers expansion came and I lost everything and I have not been able to pick it up yet again because I haven't been able to make sense of it yeah if you're like if you're like me and you can learn and you learn how to play classes by leveling them Jeff and that one's a really good one to learn from while leveling really really recommend not doing monk before expansion Machinist isn't going to be changing much before. Machinist isn't going to be changing much. It's still going to be a goddamn selfish DPS. Um, All right. You know that, that. You know what? I might just pick up Machinist, and that'll be my my range DPS. I can make that work. Ninja's fun. I can um, do. Well, I, I don't know. I've got options. I've got a month before Endwalker, and we're going to talk about Endwalker today. That that was our that was our tease. We know that that's why you're here, but we have important things to discuss because. Our illustrious CFO, CEO, Director of Human Resources, has asked me to talk about NFTs. I I asked I, I asked Justin to explain several things because I'm hitting I'm hitting that time in my life, and I haven't I haven't really kept up with tech news or like I used to be really 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 tech savvy. Now I'm just software savvy. Um, and there's just stuff where I'm just like, I don't, what, what does this mean? What are these new kids today doing? What are the Bitcoins? Sounds like something you use at an arcade. Like what's going on? Don't get it. Okay. Please send help. I would actually, I would actually be a proponent of Bitcoin if you could use Bitcoins at the arcade. I'm not going to lie. Like, right, like that—that that completely changes the math on Bitcoin. Because if you can use your Bitcoins and go to an arcade and just tap your phone on the machine, like, bam, I've put in my token. The, the Bitcoin just becomes Chuck E. Cheese tokens. Like universal if, if, Chuck E. Cheese tokens. Like if we had universal Chuck E. Cheese tokens that all that adults can use, then that would be amazing. That look, we just we just revived the arcade industry. <laughs> Arcades accept Bitcoin. Because now the people like me that see Bitcoin for the scam that it is, now that you have assigned a tangible value to it, I'm willing to overlook the harm to the environment and the crashing of our supply I'm, chains. I'm not going to lie. Chuck E. Cheese tokens are also a scam. 
but they they tell you they're a scam up front. You, you are being told about the scam up front with Chuck E. Cheese tokens. So you, you walking in, you know it's a scam. Bitcoin. Okay, the, I don't like Bitcoin. I think from from its inception, I've seen Bitcoin for what it is. It's a scam, right? Like it is a it is a cryptocurrency made popular by cyber criminals to conduct their activities without being able to trace the transactions and it is backed by processing power this is the super tldr version but beyond that the value of bitcoin is effectively the value of the coin owner right so whatever the coin owner says this is what my bitcoin is worth as more people flood to it that inflates the value and then when they say, cool, this is worthless now. Thanks for all your money. Thanks for all that you've donated to this and you're asked out. Look what happened with uh, Elon Musk. They inflated the value of that Bitcoin, took in all that, or they inflated the value of their crypto, took all that money and then said, and Tesla no longer accepts cryptocurrency. Shorted the values, pocketed all that money. And I'm like, y'all got played by Elon Musk. By Elon Musk of all people. In a play that any... Anyone that has ever seen Wolf on Wall Street, Wall Street, insert legal procedural here, knows what comes next. It was straight up cartoon cartoon villainy, mustache twirling villainy, and y'all fell for it. I feel like a lot of folks that get into Bitcoin do it because they feel that they're, they know more. They want to feel like they know more than everyone else. Like They, they, they want to feel like they're up on the game beyond the air quote traditional marketplaces, which stock markets are also kind of a scam. The only difference with that scam is there's at least, they at least pretend they have rules of that scam and they pretend that there's some protections in place for that scam. Yeah. I looked at Bitcoin and I went, I'm too poor for this. And the real nefarious thing about Bitcoin is you can easily get sucked in because you hear all these success stories. Like you, you, you'll, you'll hear the, oh, you know, I got in Bitcoin when it was a dollar and then I flipped it and now I'm a millionaire, right? So in this era of we're all broke, we don't got it. Anything that we can do to not be broke because the jobs aren't there and the jobs that are there aren't paying. There's fake jobs. There, there's fake jobs. There's yeah, so, uh, like, a, a quick insertion here. So, there's this thing that happens, like, there's this thing that happens every single year. So, about September, October-ish, usually there's a lot of layoffs. There's also a lot of, there's also, like, some hiring still going on, but there's usually, a, like, as the end of the quarter is starting to happen... And they do it before, before, probably like actually towards the beginning of the last quarter, uh, financial quarter. Like they, um, that's when they do the layoffs and they'll post a lot of jobs and they won't hire anybody until February, which is the beginning of the next yearly. So it's the beginning of a new quarter and it's the beginning of a new year. It changes all their finances. They literally, this has been going on. I don't even know how many years, like decades. Yeah. This is, this is a common 
common practice. So also, if you really cannot find a job right now and you're really looking, it is not your fault. <laughs> They're yeah. not hiring. They're not hiring until February. Um, um, once November hits, it's over. Yeah. Um, and th- th- this is done to get money back from the government. And so they don't have to, um, they pay less taxes. It has been going on for decades. This is a really common thing. That's I just call it the holiday hiring freeze. In the fiscal year, in the fiscal quarter. And the fiscal, yeah. At the beginning of the fiscal quarter, they start doing massive layoffs. And then about... they just don't hire anybody until February until like February. Cause like everybody's still coming back from holiday stuff in January. And so usually end of January, beginning of February is when the hiring starts up again. Yeah really awful um, all to squeeze out that last two percent that last two percent of money so yeah we don't got jobs as yeah justin was saying and so much of just like american culture is baked into your value as a citizen is intrinsically tied to your ability to earn money for the country Right, not necessarily yourself, but the ability to earn money for the country, the ability to contribute to the economy. So when people are poor and they don't got it, America looks at that as a personal fault. That is your fault. It is a character flaw. Eric talks about this all the time. We look at we look at poverty as a character flaw. And so even though we may know better, having an entire country tell you that it's a character flaw, you can start to internalize a lot of that. So people that have internalized that look to ways to not be poor. Bitcoin is one of those, I don't want to say get rich quick, but get rich easy, right? Like it's something that minimal effort on your part, the investor, you just got to front the capital and then ride the wave. Um, So I don't like, I don't like Bitcoin because it doesn't make sense. I don't like Bitcoin because it has no actual backing. I don't like Bitcoin because I'm using Bitcoin as just like the general term for all cryptocurrency. Um, I don't like cryptocurrency because it is inherently predatory and it preys upon the people that don't have it with promises of you will get it one day and then they empty out the resources and now they're asked out and the people that they emptied out the resources to are pocketing and saying well game is the game which okay yeah the game is the game but it's a a shitty ass game in the first place um so that's why i don't like cryptocurrency nfts are hilarious to me (laughs) nfts are what happened when you tell rich people they can't go to the casinos oh so your NFT, this is your, your NFT explainer. First, what does NFT stand for? It is a non-fungible token. The fuck does non-fungible mean? Okay. We're, we're back to arcade machines. <laughs> oh, no. If it were arcade machines, I could understand because there you there's a fun in arcade machines. NFTs are basically you, you buy the rights to a Yu-Gi-Oh card image that everybody can download but you pay $20,000 for it. So you pay $20,000 for the image of a blue eyes, white dragon. That's an NFT. And I can write, when you say, yes, I got this NFT. I've got the only NFT. I can right click, save as, and I will own that as well. But you will have the original that you pay $20,000 for. I'm good job. What? (laughs) Right. This is what (laughs) happened. This is what happens when you tell rich people because NFTs pop NFTs got really popular 
like at the beginning of lockdown, right? Like we're a couple months into lockdown and all these folks that have it are like, yo, I got to spend it. The hype beast can't go to the stores because the stores are closed and shipping is off. So how do I tell people that I got it? How do I tell the people that I should be envied? I'm going to drop $3,600 on a Gucci ghost image. I got this Gucci ghost. You ain't got this Gucci ghost. There was a company that was selling an NFT of a LeBron James dunk. Not even a good one, just like a generic LeBron James dunk. And I want to say it went for something like 9000 And the highlight was on ESPN because it still had the ESPN logo on the bottom of it. And they just, someone just bought it for 90000 And they put it up in their, they put it up in their living room, projected on the wall, said, yeah, I bought this NFT. I own this highlight. And I'm like, yeah, I could go to YouTube and do the same thing, guy. Those are NFTs. Wait, 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 wait. Is it like a special kind of image? Nope. This is what I meant. This is what I meant when so, I said that the lot when I, you read it, there's a part that doesn't make sense, and that's the part that locks up your brain. That part is locking up your brain right now, and that's why we yeah. have Justin. Help! Help! <laughs> Justin! So like, cause like I've seen there'll be like NFT number like five of 172. Yep. Like, you know, kind of like there's like art with like this is like a print one out of like 60. But and I'm like, but it's digital and the nature of digital, I can just copy that. Right? Like I can just take it. But how how is it a unique token then? It's not a unique so that's that's the thing. It's not a unique token. But they're saying it's a unique token. It's not so the image or the item itself is not the token. The token is baked in behind. It's like a serial. It's like a hidden serial number. Yeah. Okay. So, but so they, so they take, they take this image. Yep. And they put like a secret hidden serial number in it. And now that becomes an NFT. Yeah. So hold on, I'm going to put, I'm actually going to put an NFT in the chat. So you can see what an NFT, like th this is an NFT. And this makes absolutely no sense. All right. So this is the Gucci ghost that went for $3,600, right? Oh when, my you God. when you buy your NFT, you're basically- you're just buying the flex. You're saying, yo, I bought this Gucci ghost. I'm the only one that has this Gucci ghost. If you have this Gucci ghost, you right-click saved as, and you don't have the real thing. I got the real thing, right? But, so who's, you, but who's gonna know? If you don't have that secret serial number in the file, it's not real. But who cares? But who cares? Because it's just a goddamn image. Exactly. So they're just they're collecting serial numbers of images of anything because i know i've seen i've seen tweets i've seen people do nfts of artwork they don't own yep which yep. is the which is the shitty part because the profiting, creators get profiting, nothing from it you're getting it profiting off of the works of other people slapping your token behind it and saying this is my nft one of one who wants to say yo but this was my art you put it in a public space i have a right to do with it what i want like it NFTs are ways to separate hype beasts from their money at the core. That's all they are, right? Like with 
with shoes or clothes or anything else that hype beasts flock to and have ruined that black people enjoy. Um, have they ruined shoes? Yes. Yes. Hi, hi, um, hype beasts have effectively ruined sneaker culture because what they'll do is when a new sneaker is released or when certain sneakers are re-released, they will flood the stores to buy up as much as they can to resell at six, seven times the price to their hype beast friends. So what used to be a staple of our culture, you know, um, like streetwear, urban wear, shoes has been ruined by rich white kids that just want to show how much money they get from mommy and daddy. And now those and now those kids have moved to NFTs and they're like, this is the new hype beast. This is the new thing. Like there's a there's a I want did Kanye's NFT ever come out? I I was gonna say, say, does that mean we can get sneakers back? No, oh no, 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 no. We're not getting sneakers back. We can't can't get anything. That's why we can get that's why you can't get a PlayStation. You can't see like I'm a super pouting audience. Yeah. Super the pout is massive. I'm also breathing because I'm using it too. About as massive. Um, Kanye West mural now being auctioned off as NFT. Is it his NFT? Chicago-based artist Jason Peterson has recently unveiled a new mural of Kanye West in his hometown. And somebody made an NFT of the mural. Yes. Did wait? Did Kanye make the NFT of the mural? Uh, no. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> My brain. <laughs> yes. My brain. I don't. Okay. I'm reading this from hypebeast.com, which is my favorite bit for this entire exchange we're having. That's all. Wait. Oh, Hype Beast is real. Yeah. I don't I, I don't know what this is. I don't Here's my age card. I mean <laughs> Yeah, I don't Yeah, I I didn't realize Hype Beast was a thing with a title. I knew of what they I knew what they were doing because I knew the sneakerheads were complaining about. And then I realized that by the time I had gotten around to it, which is, you know, I'm fairly certain, I'm fairly certain I purchased my Xbox Series X from Hype Beasts, like a coven or a horde or whatever cave or garage or like, I assume it's like a series of like Lamborghinis retrofitted to live in them all like a caravan, whatever it is, whoever those people are, I bought my Series X from one. So I've literally never heard of Hype Beasts before. So like this is like this is part of bacon knowledge that is just like I have no it's idea what you're talking it's about. It's fascinating land. what you do know and what you don't know, and I don't understand how this missed it because this is one of the reasons why we can't get anything. I understand scalpers. I understand. I know what StockX is. I know the supply chain issues. I know the lack of superconductors and the manufacturing facilities. I did not know what Hypebeast was. So if let's say if scalping was something you could grind, a max level scalper is a Hypebeast. Max level, maximum money to purchase all the things 
to scalp all of the things, to own them, to get rid of them, to flip them, to make maximum money. The end game, like scalper end game, you become, you, it's, it's Hypebeast, it's scalper end game. And it's like, is it a website? Hypebeast.com is a website, yes. But the actual okay. term is a thing, but there's also a website also. So, okay. Yes. So it's a term for a term. super scalper, mega scalper version yeah. 8000. End game scalper, yes. Very super good. Super end game scalper. Very good at the game. Super good. Yes. Maximum maximum scalperage. Right. Um, and there's a website for these super scalpers and probably want to be super scalpers. Yes. Called Hype Beast. Yes. It's for people who want who are involved in the culture and want to be involved in the culture, take joy in it, whether you have money or don't have money, whatever it is. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm, I'm catching up. Catching up now. Yep. This is this is educate the bacon episode. <laughs> so, my opinion on NFTs, aside from being terrible for the environment, because again, all of the when you create these things, they have to. I don't want to say this. With crypto, with NFTs, with all of this, you are taking up processing power to do so, which means you're putting a drain on the grid, which is. Also, in effect, putting a drain on the environment because our grid is not the most eco-friendly thing in the world. Right? Right. Texas has some thoughts about that. So aside from being a massive drain on the grid and on the environment, it's useless. Somebody paid $46,300 for a PNG of a gray pet rock. Someone else paid $170,000 for this cat. I will show you the cat. So there, there is no value to the NFT. Like at its core, you're, you're buying the hype. You're paying for hype. You're paying for the flex. Like that, that's, that's what it is. You're paying for the flex. That's not even cute. Nope. $170,000. That is more than serial number. It's yep. like, it's like card, like, as if somebody made a homemade card game. Oh, you mean like Logan Paul? I forgot he existed. Um, Logan Paul made Pokemon cards of himself as a boxer, a fighting type that went for upwards of $20,000. So, yeah, it would be like somebody. Yeah, exactly. That's a great metaphor. It has zero value. Nope. None. Other than saying, I got one of the limited edition Logan Paul NFTs. And when they show you that NFT, you can say, cool, right click, save as. Now I have it too. And then you can watch them as they try to explain why yours doesn't matter, but theirs does. And you can say, yeah, but who would know? How can you tell the difference? What's the difference? The, secret, no the secret hidden serial number? That nobody sees, right? That like nobody no sees. And watch them try to explain to you why yours doesn't matter and theirs does, and then ask them to tell you, all right, cool, so what's the difference? What makes yours more valuable than mine? Why can't I sell mine for 20000 and just say it's an NFT? So, NFTs, useless. I, hype beast ruin everything. They, tr they, they really and truly ruin everything. I'm afraid... So, 
I'm actually not glad, but relieved that 14 is pushing off the Xbox compatibility because at this point it's not a me- it's not a question of can they do it it's can we do it without crashing our current infrastructure can we welcome in no they, they the players absolutely absolutely not they probably looked at it and they went we literally can't right now no so a a generous estimate like lowballing it once they open up Xbox to 14 lowballing it at least a million new players at least are they gonna put that on Game Pass, right? If they put Final Fantasy XIV's base don't... edition on Game, not not the not the full expansion, but just the, L- base. the base game on Game, like I feel. Oh like, yeah, that would be yeah. Like that all, would the, be, all the Final Fantasy, all the, every Final Fantasy has been on Game Pass. Every all the Final Fantasy games have been on or currently or um, on. Yeah. On so game so um. So instead, so basically, instead of the trial version, if you have Game Pass, you basically get a month of base Final Fantasy for free. Right. Yeah, that's a that's a game change. Like if they do that, it's cancel Christmas. <laughs> yeah, so uh, they would only be able to do it for the free trial version. Um, actually, I don't even know if they'd be able. I don't. No, no. So, so if so, the, if, sorry. The reason why is because you can't do. Um, and this is part of the reason why there's there's stocks. You can't do a subscription charge, right? And Game Pass. Oh, okay, okay. Like you can't you can't require Xbox Gold and a subscription. Okay. So there's that's and even when Final Fantasy Eleven was on 360, that was that was the case. So all of the all of the um subscription models, it, it can't be a double subscription. So it would right. get absorbed into your costs of Game Pass Ultimate. You'd be able to just play Final Fantasy. They wouldn't do it that way because it would still they would still require a monthly subscription if you're playing the exp- like the new content. Right. right. The only way that they could put it on Game Pass if it's the free trial version. Right. Oh, and no. even then, because it's the free trial version, they just probably let you just do it anyway. Download it for free. Right. What they could do this would require more effort on Microsoft's part than Sony's part, but I I I see the value in Microsoft doing this. When you buy the game, Final Fantasy XIV, you have a month for free. On mm-hmm. Microsoft's end, if they put that part on Game Pass and let you bypass the subscription, and then when the month is up, it says, hey, now you need to subscribe to Sony. Here's where you go to subscribe. That's an effort on Microsoft's part, but I, I see the value in that. Yeah, they could, they could do that. Like You can't do that natively in Game Pass now, but with, with some effort, they could. If they did that, it's over. So, brand new players, their infrastructure their infrastructure couldn't handle 60,000 WoW refugees. What do you think a million players is going to do? Right. Yeah, no, that's why like when I saw that it when I, when I saw that it's still in talks and it's positive, I'm like, "Oh, they want to do it. They absolutely want to do it. They just can't." Not only do they want to do it, they probably from a in a vacuum would do can do it right now, but just when you take into account the environment and supply chain, you know what else is fucking up supply chain? Hype beast. Right. That's why I said like I understood the scalpers, yeah. but I didn't understand them. Yeah. No, so so 
all of that going into this, um, which is why 14 can't really up their infrastructure the way they want to. Because they're missing superconductors. It's got to suck for them. They're experiencing like unprecedented growth and they're barely treading water from an infrastructure standpoint. Not because they can't afford to, but because the parts literally aren't there. That's got to be frustrating. It, yeah, it's a combination of parts and COVID. Because, yeah. um, so with the new Oceana da- data centers, like, they have to go into COVID areas. And these are areas that don't have vaccines. Like, I can't emphasize enough that only a small portion of the world has vaccines right now. Like, tiny, tiny portion of the world has vaccines. Japan has vaccines korea has vaccines china has vaccines um the uk has vaccines canada and the u.s yeah i think like a few other uh countries in western europe have vaccines but that's it and all of those places are supposed to supply vaccines actually the u.s is supplying the most vaccines um but like most of the world doesn't have vaccines. It's actually what's gonna keep the pandemic going well into 2022. Probably even past it. Yeah. This is a global pandemic. And so they have to go places that don't have vaccines in order to set up infrastructure. And not only do they have to work around pandemic and pandemic restrictions and some of these countries have like the restrictions are you can't leave the house like a lot of like i like i do i know for a fact a lot of um like south asia and pacific island areas you can't leave your house you can't go outside like still not allowed um um and so, like, they have to get infrastructure in place throughout this, and they don't have the parts. So it's it's a good problem to have, but it's also a really shitty problem to have. Yeah, so right? what I would also wonder is in the talks, because Microsoft has, like, Microsoft has, like, a bazillion servers. Oh, yo, Okay. If Microsoft took on some of the server load. If micro I mean, if I'm Microsoft and I'm offering my server load, what I'm going to say is, all right, if, if we are leveraging our server load for your game, I would like some sort of benefit to my player base to get more people over Ooh, on this side Ooh. of the house. Which is probably where the converse talks. Yo. Talks are happening. I'm not saying, I mean, Hell, if I'm Microsoft, I'll fuck it. I'll, I'll put the offer on the table. Worst thing you can do is say no. Cool, we'll let you use our servers. You let our players play for free. Mm. Or they allow the, or they have the subscription through Microsoft. Yeah, or or, and then and then Square gets the cut. Square gets that that. If they did that, how pissed would Sony be? Like just just how pissed off would Sony be? I don't know if they'd be pissed. Sony doesn't have servers. They specifically don't do that. And it's because they don't do that that 
Final Fantasy is in this position and what they used to be able to leverage as, yes, we're Sony, the Final Fantasy company. Those Americans don't get Final Fantasy and fuck. We've been getting Final Fantasy forever. Squeenix is like, we like everybody right now. We are an international JRPG company. Hey, thank you. Swords and Smash Brothers. Like that, that is wild to me. So Nintendo. It's just, it's, it's Nintendo and Squeenix now. Nintendo, Nintendo, Squeenix, and Microsoft are out here playing different games while Sony is trying to lock down the exclusivity. It's like, we left exclusivity in 2010, buddy. We left it. It's gone. I don't, I'm not gonna lie. The, the funniest thing to me right now is, um, I hate living and I told you so is where nobody remembers arguing with me, but I remember the arguments. <laughs> right. Remember, so many people were arguing with me, like, no, no, we're not gonna be leaving exclusive exclusivity and i'm like all of those sony exclusives are coming to pc what did i tell you about timed exclusives i didn't say they're all coming right away i said but they will be they will absolutely be on pc and square enix games are moving to everything right you know what more hands more games more hands more games more hands and for these companies more money because there's not the money and exclusivity isn't there anymore. It's just not. Um, you know what? We're talking about Final Fantasy. Let's just segue into Endwalker. As of this recording, we are 30 days away from Endwalker. Oh, my God. I think I will have all the Rank 3 company actions ready. As a, well, pro- as a producer, I have a question. What is yes. the availability going forward for you both after that comes up? Like, give me be brutally honest with me, because oh, I don't play. I don't play right, but I need to know where my I need to know where my my talent's gonna be because y'all are gonna be in the wind. So I need to know how far and how so wide. It, it comes out. A, early access is the Friday before Thanksgiving. So nineteenth. Nineteenth, right? All right. Dynamite! So I see you. Sorry. That week, I ain't gonna be here. Straight up, Magic Johnson. I ain't gonna be here. Right. Um, so what I'm thinking, I'm, what I'm I thinking might... of, we should we have a planned hiatus for like I mean, two or Thanksgiving, anyways. So it wouldn't be wrong to have a planned hiatus. I will be streaming whenever I'm playing. Obviously. Um. So I will be streaming whenever I'm playing, and if I don't have a job, I will be on all day. <laughs> I might come up for air. To allow you to record some phrases. <laughs> um, but Pokemon Diamond and Pearl is also coming out on the 19th. Oh, yeah. There's a very good chance I will have that game. So then my suggestion. Due to gift giving. So then what we should do then is just slide over to kind of like an embedded cameraman live on the ground type deal. Like during a hurricane. Yeah. Yeah. I So... In, in terms of just the stories, I have no idea what's going on, right? They, they already told us to be prepared for our feelings. My man Yoshi P said, oh, I, I got to find the exact quote, because he said something to the effect of they're not ready for the level of emotional devastation that I'm about to lay at their feet. I was like, oh! And then the, the, his face as he said that. It's that nigga looked evil. I'm like, oh, he's going he's gonna to break our hearts. Cool. So one of them twins is dying. Listen, I'm not doing any any dying predictions yet. Oh no. Okay, so the, the, the only serious prediction I'm going to make, Ishtola will not die because Ishtola has become the mascot for 14 
and they don't give a fuck about their mascots. What are you talking about? Look, they put they put her in Dissidia. They put her in a Fire Emblem crossover. They're not killing Ishtola. <laughs> that hasn't, that, first off, that hasn't stopped them from murdering people. I would just put my money on Ishtola being safe. But then again, it's Yoshi P. I have no idea. Who knows what's going on? Um, what I do know is they've talked about just like the length, or not the, the length, the density of it. They're, they're comparing it to mainstream JRPG releases, right? So... I don't think in terms of quest length, it's going to be any longer than Stormblood Shadowbringers Heavensward. I think from a narrative density standpoint, it's going to feel like a traditional Final Fantasy narrative. But what I'm, what I'm really excited for are, and we, we sort of talked about this last episode, just the, the changes that they're making to the different classes, the updates they're making to the classes. I'm excited for everyone to to pick up Summoner again. Yeah, because Summoner is not going to be a DOT class anymore. For those who don't know, DOT stands for damage over time. Um, it's not going to be a DOT class anymore. It's going to be an actual fucking Summoner, which was the entire issue with the class. And it's going to make it um, so Scholar, Healer, and Summoner, Damage Healer, have the exact same base class. But switching between them is really, really weird and awkward. And I think this change will also make switching between them much more viable. So I might actually play Summoner. Oh, that'll be interesting. That'll be very interesting. Will I be playing Summoner in any content that matters? Absolutely not, because I'm a melee DPS and healer main. But <laughs> no, sorry. Melee DPS and scholar main. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Uh, there's there's three healer classes. I only like one of them. There's a lot of melee DPSs, and I like all of them. <laughs> I, I am I am constantly in awe of 14's dedication to making everything viable. Oh, and they specifically this is important because this goes in the viability thing. So where they said they said um They've kind of taken things in a direction to where it's easier for people to jump in and play. And they're going to continue going in that direction. They know that's not going to make people happy, but <laughs> it was it was it was very politely said, but very clearly, this is just the way it's gonna be. Right. And and that's word for word. <laughs> she said, some people may not like it, but this is just how it's gonna be going forward. And I appreciate that, right? Because what, basically what they're saying is we want new players to come to this game and play the way they want to play and not be punished for it. Mm -hmm. The main complaint I hear from our WoW refugees in our guild is that only certain classes were viable for certain activities. If you wanted to do activity X, you had to be this, you had to be this class. If you wanted to do activity Y, you had to create a brand new character Get them in that class to do activity Y. 14's mission or 14's vision is I want you to create one character and then play that one character however you want and still be able to access all of the content. So uh, they actually really tried to do this with Final Fantasy 11, but the player base kept trying to come up with meta. Yeah. Um, for like what's best and what's not, what's viable and what's not. Um, 
they uh the team definitely has taken a lot of things a lot of lessons from final fantasy 11 and has incorporated them into final fantasy 14 in final fantasy 14 they remove the player choice from that which i find super great there's definitely some scenarios where it's like this would be more preferable here than this but you can still do it with the with the party makeup that you have yes is it super optimal no can you clear the content yeah you can clear it it's not an issue right there there is still a meta because at its core, Final Fantasy is a game of numbers, and anyone that sits out the numbers long enough is going to figure out what the optimal combination of numbers to clear something is. Is optimization required? No. And I think it's 14's dedication to not require optimization. And there's so many different ways to be optimal. Yes. Well, that's the other thing. The, the only thing that 14 requires of you is you know how your class plays, right? Like if you know how to play your class, you're good for all base content. You can be kind of dangerous in EX content. And you can be kind of dangerous in Savage content. In terms of personal optimization, there we go, there we go. I think that's how I want to phrase it. 14 emphasizes personal optimization, right? Like if you are, if you are optimal in your own personal play style and you're getting the most out of your class, you're good on any block you're good on any mlk right yep if that's not your judge and you just like a certain class for the aesthetic and you just get the basics of it you can clear all base content and not hold and not worry about holding anybody back as long as long as you understand the basics listen i this is why i don't tank i just do i have a tank my tank is 80 my tank is geared relatively well i only do dungeons and maps on my tank it just I have it for the aesthetic. I had it for I have it for RP narrative reasons because the FC has a whole RP. And I have it so that I could complete a special quest at the end of the storyline. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Otherwise you will never see me tanking. I don't like tanking in this game. So as as a tank main, so just talking to other tank mains. The veteran tank main, well, not all the veteran tank mains, because, like, the Novice Network is actually, like, again, I feel like Cactar's Novice Network is probably the best in North America. They're just like, yeah, they made it easier. We love it, because now Sprouts can hop in and be like, yo, I have tank anxiety. Just do it. It's this is the best time to get into tanking. I, it's never been easier. It's never been easier. Oh, man, I saw, I've been seeing people talking about how they miss tank dancing, like, uh, uh, tank stance dancing, and I'm like, No! <laughs> no that, I, rem that, I remember stance dancing it was a nightmare because you would have tanks that would be on their dps stance and then they wouldn't be on their tank stance and i'd just be like time. please no, no no please swap to your um tank stance because you're uh yeah your tank stance because you're not holding hate healers adjust Th there was no adjusting they couldn't hold hate nope uptime baby it's all about the uptime and that's i not I love that 14's, 14's dev team saw that that was happening and said, cool, we will remove that choice from you. You had this opportunity, but you've, you proven, that, you've proven that you don't deserve this responsibility. We're taking that away from you now. God, I don't miss that at all. Like I saw people like, and even other tank mains are like, no, 
Stance dancing was terrible. Yeah. It was the I, worst. I joined right when they because they took it away in store Shadowbringers. That's when they took it away. No. Did they? Yeah, because it was there at Stormblood. Because I remember um Shield right. Stance Sword Stance for Paladin. You right. So I was there for the end of it, and I was like, okay, I think I've got the hang of it. We're taking it away. I was like, you know what? I agree with this decision. This is actually a really I saw good them decision. taking it away, and I had never been happier. Uh, the healers, healers also had, I, I have been told of cleric stance. Okay, I mi- okay. I missed cleric stance. No, I will tell you the history of cleric stance because I've been an all cleric stance. So, back in two um, intelligence dictated all of your, all casting damage, that included healers and DPS. So if you're a healer, your primary stat is mind, not intelligence. You need mind for your heals. So uh, healers would have really low intelligence, which is need- was needed for casting DPS, but really high mind, which is needed for heals. So what Cleric Stance did is it swapped your mind and your intelligence stats. Um, and then want to say... Is either, oh yeah, and at at that point too, you also had to, um, you had to manually decide what your stats were. Like, right now when we when we level, it just auto sets our stats. Our stats are fixed. In two our stats weren't fixed. In a realm reborn, our stats weren't fixed. So when they did Heaven's Word, they got rid of the stat fixing. Our stats just manually changed. I, I'm having like old person syndrome now. So I don't remember when the first like big change on cleric stance happened. I wanted to say it happened in Heaven's Word is when they changed. It was either Heaven's Word or Storm. I'm pretty sure it was Heaven's Word. They changed because they um, they changed it. They changed like the stat distribution. Then They then made it so that healers cast their offensive spells with mind. So you didn't have that whole fucking mix up. When they made that change, they changed cleric stance to just like a 10% damage boost. That was like, what, every 60 to 120 seconds? Can't remember the time on it. It's been years. Um, And then, and cleric stance used to only be on one of the healer classes. So you you still had like cross-class abilities. And then in Stormblood, they removed the cross-class abilities and they added cleric stance to a role class. So everybody... Everybody had cleric stance. And then they they said, cleric, there's no point to cleric stance. And they just got rid of cleric stance. Yeah. Because there's not. Because each and the each of the healers have like well, white mage doesn't have a buff. So they boosted the damage output on white mage. So white mage just does more damage. Um Astrologian they gave a lot of like offensive buffs so they're they like throw cards that give out offensive buffs they also give like a party-wide um offensive buff divination and with scholar they gave chain stratagem which is a buff that increases the crit chance like the chance of doing critical hits on a target for 15 seconds get that ability i think it's on 120 second cooldown can't remember can't remember my own abilities. So, like, now you have 
boosted damage, boosted buffs. There's there's literally no reason for cleric stance. Cleric stance is useless. Useless. And I appreciate 14's dedication to trimming those trimming that out and making everything more accessible. I literally don't miss cleric stance because I remember cleric stance and I remember the yeah. days of cleric stance. It wasn't that great. And having to like, like the reason it was so powerful in Realm Reborn is because we did no damage. But then they fixed that. But then they fixed so. it. We do damage now. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see Sage. I'm excited for Reaper. I'm not going to play either of those classes, but just seeing new stuff makes me happy. I might, I might touch Sage. I don't know. You're basically, you're basically a Gundam unit. Like you got the funnels. So. I mean, I'll level it. Yeah, I think that I think that's that's what I'm looking at. I'm, I'll level it. I don't, I don't know I'll level it, and I I will level it and give it an honest to god chance. But we also know me. If I don't enjoy doing something, I won't get past three levels of it. So if you don't like a class, you don't have to play it. Oh, right? Like, you are not you are not punished for not. You can take one class all the way through your entire 14 experience, never touch the other classes, and you'll have a rewarding experience. You will get your money's worth. That is definitely how I played four years of that game. So, because <laughs> I, 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 I only I'm, did scholar and crafting. <laughs> I am constantly impressed with their dedication to again just accessibility. Um, I like I like all the changes they made to the tanks. I we we kind of touched on this, but Dark Knight. It's basically, did you like Dark Knight and Shadowbringers? Here's more of that. Okay, cool. Yeah, I did like Dark Knight and Shadowbringers. I'm think I'm gonna continue to like Dark Knight. I am going to just troll people off of the edges of um, off of the edges of whatever arena doesn't have walls. Yes, PvP person. As we are in our rival wings month. Yes. What do you What do you think of that new PvP mode they're adding? I don't have enough information. Well, okay, that's the. I have we no. We don't have enough information. <laughs> I don't have any information. So it sounds from from my understanding they're putting feast on hold, which is. Mildly concerning because it's the only competitive PvP at the moment, but it's also full of wind training. So it's, and it's also just really, really hard to get into and it's kind of stressful. And, but I also really enjoy it when it's in season as much as it gives me extreme anxiety. But um, actually, this season, I, did not have as bad of anxiety as the seasons before. I actually got much farther. Um, I just got fatigued out is what happened. Got fatigued out trying to get to gold. Very close, but it's a lot of work. Being a healer in Feast is, you, you almost do no damage. You you just focus heal. And um, on healer, like the pops happen really fast, but you can get a lot of people who just don't know what they're doing or just have a bad run. So you'll have like 10 losses in a row. And there's just nothing you can do about it. And then you'll have like four really good matches and then your rank will go up. So I just I just fatigued out of it. But it looks like the new PvP mode is going to be uh, geared towards more casual play, like Rival Wings and Frontlines. And there's going to be no role restrictions on it, which is the same as Frontlines and Rival Wings. Um, and I do know that's going to be less healer intense. So I think they're going to be working on ways to balance out 
balance it out, uh, balance PvP out for healers because it's really stressful healing in PvP right now, which is also part of the reason they're probably putting Feast on hold is to address the win trading and to also make it less agonizing for healers because it 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 is hard. Um, there's a really high skill level for uh, healing in feast uh i don't know why i decided to do it on scholar which is also the hardest class and also just they just nerfed it as well so god help me and followed by melee dps uh melee dps do all the shot calls they're responsible for doing the shot calls in feast on who's getting attacked for who and then it goes um tank and range dps in terms of difficulty because if the melee dps isn't shot calling the tank does even 14's approach to PvP is wildly different from other MMOs. It's literally treated as, in-universe and in-gameplay, a sporting event. Literally. Right? Like, it is, we are competing in this outside thing. It is not a core part of the narrative. You can watch, you can participate, you can have fun. You can duel. Like... But it's not baked into the core experience of the game. Like with WoW and New World, PvP is baked into the core experience of the game. Right? Like player versus player is a thing that happens. In 14, it's like, eh, it could happen if you want it to. That, so that's actually something that Destiny did really well. Segregating out the PvP from the PvE. And like if you want to do your PvP experience, you just go stand in this line. If you want to do your PvE experience, you stand in this line. And yeah, not, it's yeah. it's it's the only way to it, it it's really the only way to balance um PvP in an MMO. You have yeah. to you have to separate them. Um because WoW had massive balancing issues for an extremely long time. Yeah. And part of the WoW's meta was baked into these are PvP classes. So if you want to have a fun WoW experience, you have to play this class. You cannot play the class that you want to play. You have to do this thing. And Listen, my my entire experience during the short time I played WoW was to go against meta and make people angry. God, it was great. Yeah. Um, one thing I do have to say is like, even though so a lot of people there are there there is a lot like a lot of people who will complain about PvP, and I think there are some valid complaints about it, but a lot of it comes down to either a, a lot of common themes that I'm just like usually boil down to i heard pvp was bad at one point so it's all it's still bad it's just bad right. you know pvp has five minutes of 14 has drastically changed over the years and um uh i just don't like pvp so pvp is terrible which again it's not really how that works right like there to i've never tried it so it's bad but there is also like a really awesome dedicated pv like pvp community that's really dedicated to bringing in new players and really friendly and just really adamant to like get people interested in fun anyway it really can be fun if you know what you're doing and i've i'm actually a pvp player in mmos which is kind of shocking and no, ways that i think about it lie again. um lie again. uh i i used to really hate like like for like shooters, like I don't really like shooters, but I really like competitive play. But I also have a lot of anxiety. Um, 
but in MMO specifically, I really like really like PvP and MMOs. Um PvP and MMOs is just not balanced. It's it's terrible. Like in general, like across MMOs, PvP is like generally really bad. I don't consider this to be that bad. One thing that I think it works in 14's favor, removing feast from the equation, like frontlines and rival wings, it's unbalanced. But it's also baked in like it's not a it is not unbalanced in a way that removes fun. It is unbalanced in a way that creates organized chaos. Oh, Frontlines is organized chaos. Rival Wings isn't generally chaotic. Rival Wings has really Rival Wings is really focused. There's just a lot of focus at points. Uh, yes. Frontlines, you have three alliances, each of 24, all at each other, which makes a completely unbalanced chaotic experience, even though the classes are mostly balanced. Right. And, and that's, like, baked into the experience. It's like, yes, Frontlines is a chaotic mess. Have fun. And it's like, okay, cool. That's I it. Can... It's, yeah, it's it's just running and die. It's fine. Yes, running and die a lot. Um, but no, I'm, I'm happy for 14. I'm excited to see what Endwalker brings. I love the new changes. Um, they announced the new Alliance raid. Yes. We are diving into the 12. We're diving into the secrets of the 12. This is the first Alliance raid that is not a reference to another Final Fantasy game. You are right, because ARR's is. Yep. Because uh, I was like, wait, no, Crystal Tower is, because at FanFest, they're like, yeah, this is our first completely original Alliance raid. And I was like, wait a minute, Crystal Tower isn't original? Then I went back and was like, no, that has popped up in other Final Fantasy games. Yeah. Wow. Also, I, I, I would say that the Maki ones are, but it's literally led by Kate Sith. It is a giant, <laughs> what? It's a Final Fantasy VI reference, question mark? One of the, it's one of the, the earlier ones. Not I six. Wrong. I could be wrong. It's closer to four, but it's led by Kate Sith. Well, also true. It's led by Kate Sith. <laughs> Kate uh, Sith is literally leading you through the entire thing. Stormblood is Ivalice, Final Fantasy Tactics, Tactics Advance. Um, Shadowbringers is near. They just plopped near into Final Fantasy XIV, made it canon. It's like, yes, this actually, if you play near, you should play this raid just to get more out of your near experience. So fun thing about near that I didn't even so the near alliance raids are the first alliance raids where the gear is diable. Yeah. But I think I also just realized why just arbitrarily thinking about it the other day so usually the alliance raids gear becomes a diable reskin later on i don't think they're gonna they're not gonna reskin the near ones because you can't find a way to put it in the game because all the near all the near skins are costumes from the game they're from they're from the near games they're not gonna reskin them yeah and so they made the executive decision that since we're not reskinning them we're making them diable yeah i'm with it i'm with it and just random, random thought I had the other day. Um, I'm really, what I'm really excited from a selfish standpoint is, so RFC has grown. Like, I think we're, we're approaching, we have 20 plus active members. Currently. Currently. This um, is in slow times. This is in end times when people are taking breaks. And as everyone's coming back for Endwalker, I'm excited for... All, all of our new 
joinees to start like dipping their toes in the EX and Savage content. And I'm excited for us as an FC to like do that exclusively as an FC. Like yes. clearing, clearing fresh EX content as an FC, progging as an FC. I think uh, we've done a great job at fostering fostering a learning environment where folks aren't afraid to make mistakes. Yes. Um, I'm actually a bit excited. Um, it's going to be funny because I have, I have a static I'm part of, so I'm going to yeah. be healing for my static, but we have more healer mains now. So I'm like not the only healer main on the FC. So I'm probably going to be deep healing for my static and then DPSing for the FC. <laughs> right. And like I said, I'm, I'm just excited for, for our community to, to learn, to grow, to make those mistakes and not feel anxious about those mistakes, right? Like we're at the point now where when we do EX content and we die, we joke about it. And that's sort of the vibe we're going for, right? Like it, you're kicking it with the homies. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be, it's practice, right? You're supposed to have fun at practice. You're supposed to be able to, to, to laugh with your teammates. You don't want to be Ben Simmons out here, not following drills, getting kicked out of practice because you don't want to participate. <laughs> Yo, Aaron, did you see the latest hype video from the 76ers? They removed that nigga completely. I didn't know there was a hype video. Um, oh, no. I no, mean, they, it tracks that they, they, I mean, they, they took him all the way out. Yes, he's not in it. Like, it, it's all the 76ers. Like, it, it starts with Embiid, then it transitions to Danny Green, and then, like, everyone else on the team, and there's no Ben Simmons. I was like, oh. Oh, he's gone, gone. Got it. That tracks. I mean, was it after the uh, when he gave up on practice, or was it like? Yes. No, yeah. The, this video came out. I want to say either last night or this morning. Well, I think I think they're done with each other. That was. I mean, they were done with each other before. I don't even know why they let him show up. Like once he like, apparently he, like pulled up and like up during a like the suddenly before a preseason game randomly, and uh, they shouldn't have let him show up and begin to engage with the team. Obviously. Yeah. There was no way. It just um yeah. Um, for the record, the Sixers will be very good this season because fuck Ben Simmons. Be fuck Ben Simmons' energy with that city and that team. They're going to win 58 games. Hold, mark the time. They're winning 58 games. They're, and they're gonna, I don't doubt that. They're going to win 58 games. They are, Actually, no. I, they have the ability to win 58 games. I have no idea. Well, no, Doc Rivers doesn't rest people. Never mind. Yeah, they're winning 58. They're gonna win 58. Doc Rivers doesn't rest people. No, they're going to win 58 games. They're just off sheer. Did you see them? Did you see that first game of the season? They, yeah, they, they look good. They, they look, look good. They look good. They look angry. The city, they look, they look angry. I'm excited for that home game. They're chanting "fuck Ben Simmons" in like other places, like in other places <laughs> that aren't Philadelphia. They're just like, "Those are the Sixers, right?" Yeah, fuck Ben. That that guy plays. Oh yeah, my god. Fuck Ben Simmons. Yeah, where is he? Fuck him. The, so. the same fan base that threw batteries at Santa Claus. Listen. I can't can't Listen. wait. Listen, I was someone had made a someone. Had, uh, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry, what? Oh, the Philadelphia Eagles notoriously threw batteries at Santa Claus at one of their home games. A lot, there's, there's a, if the Venn diagram between Sixers fans and Eagles fans, it's as close to a flat circle as you can get. So it's a lot of those same people. Uh, also, fun fact about the Eagles stadium, there's a jail underneath the stadium. <laughs> I should not laugh about that. It's not, it's not funny, but it's very funny. <laughs> there's a jail underneath the stadium is it active yes i mean yeah if you while and you get it thrown in the gulag they, they just throw you in there if you while it like 
Is it? Is it just a game jail? It's a game jail. Yeah. It's well, a, yeah. It's, I mean, it's like it's a, the, the cops will come and take you from the game jail to transfer you to a legit gulag. <laughs> but it, while the cops are, you're in jail, dude. Like if you're going to jail from the game, you're not leaving the jail to like go home. They're not gonna pick you up from the Dunkin' Donuts. They're gonna pull you out of the yeah. Eagles jail to take you to a proper police jail. Lincoln Financial Field. Yep. So, yeah. so th- those fans, Ben Simmons' first home game, can't wait. Listen, first of all, he's not going to play ever. He's not playing for them again, by the record. He's not going to play again. There's no way they're going to let him in Philadelphia because they're going to tear him apart. And um, um, the I'm, uh, Philadelphia fans were nice enough to Ben Simmons. They literally had it. It's been three. He's destroyed three teams playing like Ben Simmons. And they just turned on him now. They gave him enough chances to get his shit together. Kudos to the Sixers fans. While I'm from New York, I think they're ra- I think they're rabid foxes. I don't care for them, but I will freely admit they did not turn on Ben Simmons when it was clear he was ruining um he was ruining their team more than once. If me as a basketball fan, the very the found the fifth time in his first playoff run, watching him stand next to Embiid while he was trying to post up, just standing there. Looking at him while his defender went and just went and jumped on jumped on Embiid's back for whatever reason, I was like, "Oh, that's a spacing issue." And then having seen it three hundred more times over the course of the next three years, I was like, "Oh, I don't like Ben Simmons as a person now." So yeah. the fact that me, casually casual observer Warriors fans, have turned on Ben Simmons years ago and the Philadelphia people didn't, kudos to them. It's time. Fuck Ben Simmons. Uh, point point of order. The jail has since been shut down because it was too. The they were locking up too many people. It was too. They were wiling too much, so they had to shut it down. I get it. When you mentioned the fact that there's a jail under there, um, I was thinking if I was there, I would want to see it. So once you say there's a jail underneath this arena, I'm 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 this, this underneath this, this, this sports venue, the the chances of me throwing a bottle at another person goes up nine percent <laughs> at least, and I'm a reasonable person, but I want to see this jail like y'all re- y'all for real, all right, bet. Oh, <laughs> Anywho, yes, I brought all that up to say RFC is not like that. We have team chemistry, we have cohesion, and I I bring it up every time we talk about it. I really love the community we've built. So, Bacon, you brought up RP. Would you like to, but before we transition to our last topic, uh, would you like to guess how long our RP is? Because I've put all of our RP stuff into a single document. Would you like to guess how many pages over under? No, I'm not guessing. 200, as of right Jesus now, Christ. 235 pages. Um, I want you to understand, Justin made, like, a whole fucking, like, TV Tropes wiki for our rp like all the characters have their uh, my character has a page with links to tropes Hold on, let me, I he's think pulling I it to, up yeah i am pulling it up right now <laughs> i don't think i need to add anything to yours but it, like it, it, it's got a nice picture of lala i think i need to update your picture that's what i need to do oh yeah i did take a recent really really good picture in my last glam updates Okay, so I have that picture. If you oh. follow if you follow me on Twitter or Facebook, you will see me constantly posting pictures of my Lalafell because I am a glamour monster. And I I do I do like I, I do seasonal outfits. I do 
outfits for but I am constantly and I, I put a lot of thought into my glamours so I mainly made the wiki just so as other people write other characters they have a nice little reference spot to go to so, okay this is I get a vibe for this character I know what they look like I know how they behave I know what I'm supposed to know and it's kind of just spiraled into a thing and Wait. I'm couldn't see it coming nobody saw this coming at all like it started on a whim like one of our members was like hey do we have an rp channel and i was like we do now and now we have a 235 page document that's nowhere near finished because i'm I'm getting my jonathan hickman on right now like i'm I'm thinking five steps ahead of the stories i want to tell with all these different characters like so that's that's how i'm approaching it right like Everyone has their own character. They have their own story they want to tell with their character. What I'm doing is creating these events that allow them to have character moments that don't interfere with the personal narratives they want to tell, but also give them an excuse to interact with everybody else. I'm creating massive Marvel events. I've created a character that is half playable, half NPC. And it works. Because I just, uh, my bipolar brain only gives me so much, like, creative narrative content. And so sometimes I'm just like, I can no longer control my character. But if you want to control my character for this scene, here's all of this information. And here is how my character would act. Also, you can DM me and ask any questions about Lala because Lala is a menace. Yeah. Like, I'm basically treating Lala as Reed Richards. Slightly more ethics? Oh, rephrase. Ethical Reed Richards. So Mr. Terrific. <laughs> Mr. Terrific is Lala Falafels. Um, there we go. There, I'll, I will ex- I'm like, I'm like, you said Reed Richards. I'm like, Reed Richards is a monster. <laughs> yeah. Well, so the, the thing I'm planning now is I've given you your own Dr. Doom. And I can't wait for everyone else to meet your Dr. Doom. I can't wait to meet my Dr. Doom because I love Dr. Doom. <laughs> yeah. I Actually, when this is tomorrow morning, I have to send you something. Um, okay. But that's for afterwards. Before we go, let's talk Facebook. Oh, um, my God. Can we please talk Facebook? Because, again, we're back into the Justin, please help. <laughs> so, okay. Facebook, Facebook has problems. Um, Facebook has so many problems. Whistleblowers in several countries. Um, I think the UK and America, the UK and the USA are are talking about Facebook's predatory practices and the fact that they've known these things are problems but have actively fought fixing them because they care more about engagement because for them engagement equals profit. The two main takeaways that I want our audience to know about Facebook's problems. The first is they've always known about Facebook's propensity to disseminate misinformation. They don't care because those posts with misinformation get a lot of engagement. And for them, engagement equals traffic. And if you're engaging with something, you're on my site, I can collect information about you, I can sell you things, and I can sell that information about you to other people. So Facebook has known these things. The people testifying are people that have worked on the company, people have worked on the algorithms, people that are on the ground say, no, this is a problem. They knew that this was a problem and they did nothing to stop it and actively fought attempts to stop this. Um, The other thing 
Well, the reason why the the misinformation thing is coming up now is because that set, before the misinformation was the Republican Party would send out misinformation about Democratic candidates to sort of, well, not sort of, to depress young Democratic voters from voting, right? They wanted to depress the vote. They wanted to demoralize them so that they wouldn't go out and support certain candidates. Facebook knew this. Facebook didn't care because Facebook said engagement, engagement, good. The other thing that I want to highlight Facebook knows and has known for the last decade how its site and Instagram, because it owns Instagram now, how that affects the minds of teenagers and their own self-image and mental health. And they don't care. So they there are studies done by Facebook and Instagram that showed teenagers, 13 to 17, on the platform had negative self-image because of Instagram's Instagram as a platform used to be camera out, right? Like you used to, you're taking pictures of things to show people, hey, I saw this cool thing. Instagram, Sorry, this was that just reminded me of when I was talking about Neo, the world's end with you, and there's um Mateo, and he's just like like 2010. Instagram blogger. Like that used to be a thing. The, the, taking taking pictures with the inspirational quotes. Instagram blogging used to be, I'm taking pictures of a sunset telling you it's okay. I'm yep. taking pictures of this cool building I saw. I'm taking pictures of this construction. That used to be the Instagram, like that was the, the, the OG Instagram influencer. Yep. The game changed even more so once Facebook took over to instead of camera out, it's camera in. Right. As that shift happened and as people are putting themselves as the content, they're not putting their authentic self out as content. They are putting their marketable self out as content. And that gives people negative self image because if everybody's doing it, you assume that it's normal. And when you don't meet that standard of normal, you get massive FOMO and massive uh, negative self image of like negative self image. And Facebook knew these things and didn't care because the new model gave them more engagement. Those are the two things you should really take away from the whistleblower testimony, specifically Hagen's testimony. There's one study that Hagen talked about that said around 13% of UK girls in their survey had uh, like their mental health declined to the point of self-harm after they started Instagram. And another 17% of teenage girls said their eating disorders got worse after joining Instagram. And again, Facebook knew this. Like, they did the studies, found out, knew it, and said, we don't know anything. Not only did Facebook not care, they're targeting teenagers. Like they're trying to release an Instagram kids version. They've stopped that since the whistleblower came out and said, yo, here's all the studies about how our product affects teenagers and this is who they're targeting. Um, so that, those are the two predatory things that Facebook is doing that I really wanted to highlight because the next thing that Facebook wants to do is they want to get into the metaverse. What is I, the metaverse? I was just about to bring that up. <laughs> what is the metaverse, dear listeners? 
the metaverse is virtual space, right? Th this is the super TLDR version of the metaverse. It's virtual space. It is not the internet per se, because the internet is text and video. The metaverse is a virtual immersive space and Facebook wants to be the pioneer of the metaverse. They want to control what you see in the metaverse, what you interact with and how you interact with this new virtual space that's coming. The company who has prioritized engagement to the point of nearly destroying American democracy because that's not hyperbole, the misinformation utilized by Donald Trump and the Russians and the Republican Party has pushed American democracy to the brink to the point where we cannot effectively combat a global pandemic because that same misinformation engine is now saying the vaccine uh, gives you 5G. That company wants to control how you interact with this new cyber reality. That cannot happen. No. Right? Like that, full stop, that cannot happen. Mm -mm. Like every dystopia where the big corporation controls, like imagine the matrix, but instead of the Sentinels controlling the matrix, it's Facebook controlling the matrix. That's what they want. I'd rather the Sentinels because at least the Sentinels would give you a semblance of air quote normal life. They want but, to give you, but these want to give you Instagram filter life. Right. They, they want you to, I can't imagine how horrifying the space would be where everyone's putting out their marketable selves for engagement. Companies are now targeting these people saying, Hey, you're, you're a metaverse influencer. Let's craft your image. Let's craft your brand. So now you're out here in this metaverse as a corporate spot, like as a corporate creation, which is actually already happening. There's a series of TikTok creators, influencers, um, who they're portraying themselves as just organic, but they're actually creations of companies and corporations. Like there's one TikTok influencer whose whole thing is, I work at a dating site. These are my misadventures working for a dating site. And it's like, no, she's actually a corporate creation. All these things are scripted out. She has actually a budget that would rival some ABC sitcoms. And that's how they're producing these things to give you the impression that this is a real person. Um, this is where the game is headed, y'all. And is that terrifying. I was going to say that, that the, the TikTok uh, creation, that was already happening on Instagram and Twitter. I mean, that's been happening on Instagram and Twitter for years. Like, not to the same sophistication, but, like, that's where it started. Yeah, and... Listen, Snapchat gave me legit dysphoria. <laughs> like, no. Snapchat fucks with my gender dysphoria so bad because Snapchat has, like, the, the filters have a very... They're either joke filters that distort your face entirely. Or they um, extremely effeminize your face with like very uh, Western European standards of beauty, white Western European standards of beauty, and I'm trans. I am mask of center, trans, non-binary. So like, it literally is why I stopped doing Snapchat. So, like, I can only imagine how this sort of thing will happen, like, in this metaverse that Facebook is going to create. 
how this is gonna how this is gonna go. Yeah, no, it, it under no circumstance can they be allowed to do this. Like you gotta, no. I, at, at this point, you got to break that shit up. And I mean, they need it broken up just because they own fucking. Oh my god, what is it? I just forgot the app. WhatsApp. I also yeah, that's the other thing. I do not trust Facebook with WhatsApp. Facebook will go to the cops. Like I, I 100% believe push come to shove, Facebook will leak the will leak the uh, the encryption for WhatsApp to the cops if necessary. Oh no, they have, they already have. Yeah, and like WhatsApp's whole thing is we're encrypted and safe. It's like, mm, but the people that own you, I don't trust them. I'd rather you signal. If you if you need encrypted communication, you signal, 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 signal. <laughs> signal one more time signal it's free it's encrypted and not owned by mark zuckerberg signal yeah i moved to signal after facebook bought whatsapp because facebook is actually documented as giving information to the cops from okay. whatsapp okay <laughs> that's documented that's already happened it's not even specifically why i don't use whatsapp I used to use WhatsApp, but Facebook bought them, and I went, no. And then, like, there's there's stuff it's out there. They've already, over the years, because they've, they've owned WhatsApp forever. Well, not yeah. forever, clearly, but for a long time. I moved immediately over to Signal, and then I deleted WhatsApp, and then I started playing games with people all over the world, and I had to download WhatsApp again, and I couldn't remember why I had stopped using WhatsApp. Now I remember. Yeah. No, it's, it's all bad. All bad. God, it's all bad. But, well, the only hope we have is Democrats and Republicans are united on this issue, but that hope is quickly diminished when you realize most of them were alive when we had to drink from separate water fountains. These are the people making decisions on the future of how we interact as human beings. Oh my God, they were alive when we were drinking out of separate water fountains? Mm. Like putting like I, I don't I don't like to say how old they are because like numbers we kind of just lose perspective. I like to put it in like points of history. A lot of them were alive. We have been drinking out of separate water fountains for longer than we hadn't. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> No, These it was it was one of those things where I was sitting there and then I thought of my dad at my dad's age and I'm like my dad grew up drinking. My dad grew up with the separate water fountains. Yeah. Time like period. Se segregation yeah. ended officially 1968, so roughly 60 years ago. Oh my God. That's <laughs> People aren't even retired. I'm sorry. My math is off because it's 2021. So little over 50 years. Oh, isn't time great? We post segregation fifty years, right, 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 right. Another another way to just put it in perspective for people: millennials. Like what? The oldest millennial is forty two years old. Yeah. Segregation lasted longer than the oldest millennial's lifespan. Yeah, that's why I said my parents. It's our parents. It's literally our parents. 
not even like, retireable age parents. We're, we are not even a generation removed from state-sanctioned lynchings. They can't use AARP. No free pancakes. So, yeah, perspective, guys. Perspective. <laughs> um, I think this is where we wrap. Play games. <laughs> Have fun. Enjoy <laughs> life. Enjoy Let's your Let's go, Justin. Let's go. That dark so, ending. First off, no, Justin. we end the show. Let's go. No, no, no. No, no. Fuck you. No. Because I yes. have raid in nine minutes and I'm doing uwu. So extra fuck you on that one. <laughs> you know what? For those who I... don't understand what uwu is, the hardest difficult, the hardest here. Of raid difficulty and Final Fantasy 14 are ultimates. I am doing ultimate weapons refrain ultimate. Also known uwu. So the ultimates you, are effe- <laughs> ultimates are effectively boss rushes. They take the they take the hardest versions of those bosses and you you have to fight them either at the same time or in rapid succession. So uh, like a 14 minute fight. I will say this, the fact that it's called uwu and the source of that term, 14th community in general is delightfully queer. We're so gay. <laughs> that, so the 14 so Reddit, the top post in 14's Reddit yesterday was someone made a newsletter for their FC and it was one of the, the members got married. It was the first straight wedding in Aorzea. <laughs> <laughs> And I was sitting, I was like, yo, every 14 wedding I've been to has been sex. I'm trying to think of, I have, I was, I've been trying, I'm like, I don't think I've been to a, I don't think I've been to a straight, I've been to a straight wedding vow renewal, which was the most hilarious thing I've experienced in recent memory. (laughs) Um, But I have not actually, I'm trying to think. No, I haven't experienced a straight wedding. And all the comments were like, yo. Like, first it was like all the, the typical jokes you would expect about the straight agenda, shoving straightness down our throats, which A plus, guys, A plus. But then after a while, everyone's like, wait a second, have we actually had a straight wedding? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yo, we haven't. It's like, wait, are, are we all gay? It's like, yeah, <laughs> we are. <laughs> um... Yeah, we're, we're ending on that note. I'm not going in uwu with fucking segregation. Fuck you, Justin. Good stuff, Justin. And the show real dark, like HBO per, like HBO presented this shit. Let's go. <laughs> real dark. Real dark, folks. See you guys next week. Let's go. Subscribe to the Patreon. That's right. Segregation ended two hours ago, guys. <laughs> so subscribe to the Patreon yeah, because segregation ended, ended two hours ago. After lunch. Go ahead, stand your stand your stand your